Welcome to The After Party, a podcast about lessons learned and shaping the future. I'm your host, Raven Bonnewell. And today we have Jess Young joining us. Jess is the owner and operator of Penny River LLC, which is a company that makes and teaches about historical garments and accessories. Hey, Jess. Hi, Raven. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's nice to have a, a, a chill Friday. <laughs> it is. <slowly laughs> Although it's not Friday. exactly chill, but yes, it's nice to be on Friday. There we go. It is. It is for sure. Um, Jess, I'm yeah. so excited to have you here. And, I, you know, I'm just going to go ahead and tell everybody that's listening. Jess is my best friend from college. Um, we go back a little ways now. Um, and I also have to say that Jess is the first person outside of my family that I saw in person after the pandemic. And I, I say after the pandemic, but you know, after we've all been vaccinated and after vaccination for two weeks, and then we're allowed to tentatively meet face to face with other people. Yes. Yes. We drove to your house is what happened. Yes. Yes. She drove across States to come to my house and we got to hang out for a couple of hours, which was super awesome. Awesome. I'm excited to bring my children to meet your child and they'll just squish each other and squeal and it'll be fantastic. I know it's going to be so good. And, you know, I feel like that's, that's really what this is all about, right? It's about, you know, what we learned, but also what we're excited about now. And, you know, other than clearly seeing me what are you looking most forward to now that the world is opening up again? It's so weird. I was thinking about this the other night and there's a lot of things that I missed at first, but now I feel I'm not terribly excited about doing again, like theme parks. I can, I can skip the theme parks and <laughs> I don't have any interest in getting on an airplane and anything with crowds I can skip. I just, I want to see people, but I want to see the people that I choose. Like, I don't want to be out in a crowd and have to like worry about some stranger sneezing on me or, you know, something like that. But we definitely, we abstained from nouns. We abstained from people and places and things. And I'm excited to have nouns back is what I am excited about. (laughs) That's such a great way of putting it. Excited for for nouns and to have the nouns. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, so today we're talking a little bit about being a small business owner, an entrepreneur, and what in the world happened to that and the experience of that during <laughs> during the pandemic. And you know, I I said in your intro, you own and operate your own small business, which does historical garments and accessories, teaching and and creating. Mm-hmm. Will you share a little bit before you know we get into what happened during the pandemic, a little bit about that business and and why you started it? Sure. Um, I mostly specialize in late 18th century uh, Anglo accessories and clothing. And that has been a special love of mine since I was about nine years old. And I had a Felicity doll from American Girls. Um, The people that do this kind of thing that I do, we kind of call ourselves the Felicity generation because that was our 
that was our entry point was we had this doll and then someone was like, you can go to the place. And we were like, yes. And then we did it. And all through college, I mean, you know, you were my roommate. Um, I sewed, I did theater. I, we did a production of Amadeus where we made 18th century costumes. And through, through that process, I met with, um, the woman who was in charge of the costume design center at Colonial Williamsburg and transitioned from college to that was my summer job when I was in college and then moved to Virginia for a while and taught theater at year old high school actually. (laughs) Um, Yep. Yep. And then uh, backed away from it for what was a what was a goodly amount of time I had I think my my oldest child was about four when I had an opportunity to I once they were I taught and then once they were born I had different things that I was doing and I had an opportunity to have the summer with no commitments nothing in front of me that I was free to do and I had a little bit of money to the side and I had some support systems in place that I could actually go and start something and it came to the point where either I was going to have to go out and find a job where I put my babies in daycare. And that was something that I was very clear with my, my spouse from the beginning. I'd never wanted to do. I wanted, I wanted my babies here until they could go to school. And even then I might still keep them here. And, you know, you know, um, and I was either going to have to do that or I could start a business and see where that took me. And so I decided when I had the summer with my husband home, cause he's a teacher. So he was home for two months. Um, and I just decided I was going to do something. And my thoughts in mind were, I was either going to make like upcycled children's stuff. Cause that was what I was into at the moment. Or I had this background this really strong affinity for historical sewing, historical making, historical teaching, historical, that kind of thing. And I kind of threw them both out there. And the one that got the most interest, the the quickest was the historical one. And so I just took it and ran with it. And I started an Etsy shop. I went to a really small local history fair. And from there, within about six months, it turned into a full-time endeavor. Like very quickly, like I put it out there. I got my first sale and all of a sudden it was like, people want this stuff. People are interested in this stuff. Yes, it's a very niche market, but at the moment it was an underserved niche and I found it and I found the holes and I was able to like put things into the holes. And now that I've been doing it for four, almost four years now, um, I've started to be able to find the trends and get a little bit better with the marketing and get into the community and the people that are buying my product and figuring out what they need, what they want and how to provide that for them. And it's really cool to be not just seeing trends happen, but kind of starting and setting some of them. And I don't want to say I'm a trendsetter, but you know, you, you start a product and then you see it start to gain popularity. And then you start to see variants of it pop up in other places. And you're like, Oh, cool. That was interesting to people. They liked that. They're taking it and running with it. That's really exciting. So that's how I got started and how I came into what I'm doing. So I heard in that, that you are a trendsetter and that's so kidding. So kidding. Um, well, <laughs> Jess, I think it's just so cool. And, you know, I remember when you were starting Penny River and really, you know, going, okay, I think I'm just going to 
to throw caution to the wind almost and let's do it. And, 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 you know, I say throw caution to the wind. You actually, you were very thoughtful in how you created this. And, you know, it was not just a, you know, let's throw the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, you know, but but you set yourself up really well and, you know, it, it is really, it's been really cool to watch you grow and develop this and, I mean, my God, your Instagram following is amazing <laughs> and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Like it's, it's been really cool to watch you create it and create it out of something that, you know, that for however many years it's been that we've known each other now, that really is you in a business and, and having you create something that you were so passionate about that, you know, was that Felicity doll all grown up, you know, and, and really thinking about that has just been absolutely incredible. Um, and you know, you, you did hit the ground running with it initially and, you know, it was growing and growing and growing. And then we had a global pandemic. And I mean, I know that that changed a lot of things about how you ran your business. Um, we talk to us a little bit about like what you, what you saw happen, what changed and what did you have to do to become sustainable through this pandemic? Honestly, it's going to be a lot of like backwards hindsight because those decisions were made in such like under such circumstances and in such moments where it was sink or swim. I have no idea if this is going to work. I guess let's try this. And then it did. And then you just incrementally took the next step. What's you've seen Frozen to your parent? The next you do the next right thing. Yes, and that's that was my mantra. Even though you know, singing. I guess there was a lot of Frozen music playing in my house while this was all going. <laughs> <laughs> you do the next right thing, and you don't know if it's the next right thing. You just make a step and just kind of hope that it comes out. And what we the major major trend that we saw was a shift from in person events which the historical um, costuming reenactment education community is very, very into on-site, in-person, teaching, selling, learning, interpreting. Like you come to a historic house and someone is there in a costume or in historic dress telling you about that specific place. But there's a travel element and there's a face-to-face element. That went away completely and everything came online. And so what we saw within this community was instead of um, large market fairs, instead people kind of got together and decided to revamp their online presence. So clean up their Etsy shop, start a website, start a YouTube channel, link all these things together, start making videos for Instagram, um, Instagram TV, things like that. And coordinating with each other because we all we're all familiar it's a small enough market that we all sort of know who else is there and who's doing what and we have at least a finger on the pulse of what's happening with other people's what they're doing and coordinating and saying well this weekend was supposed to be this in-person event let's all run a sale at the same time and then we can advertise for each other and doing things like that Mm -hmm. and then we had um this wonderful woman named Kendall uh Kendall Kendrick, she lives in North Carolina and she started this wonderful website called The Beginner's Guide to the 18th Century, where it's supposed to be a resource for um, beginners who are interested in getting into this hobby, into this profession, into whatever, to be able to 
know what questions to ask and to find easy resources that aren't going to run you around or judge you or be snippy about, oh, you don't know what such and such. Well, you wouldn't know unless you knew, you know. And she hosted this wonderful event last May that was a bunch of um, educators and interpreters and craftspeople came together and taught classes in um, kind of symposium format. And you could sign up for different lessons. And some of them were free events. Some of them were paid. I know I hosted some where you, you paid for it and you got a kit of supplies from me. And then we like, we had a zoom lesson and I taught them how to make something. Um, and that was, that was amazing. And that she is just such a, a force and a lot of the online content that's happening in the 18th century community on my, like from my view is coming or is driven by her vision to bring this 18th century skills and trades and everything into the 21st century and make it accessible for people all over the place. And the other thing that I was able to do was participate in an event that's usually held in California and distance and children and travel and all that. I probably never would have made it in person, but because it was online, I was able to teach a class to people from all over the world from my sewing room. And we all learned how to make mittens together, which is like my, my like signature or whatever thing that I do is I make 18th century mitts and mittens and I have kits and patterns and whatever, all this stuff. So we made them and I was making with people in England and in France and in Japan live on zoom that like, I never, I'm never going to meet these people in real life. Probably, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It'd be cool. But I mean, I'm. I'm in Pittsburgh, so I'm not going to Japan anytime soon, uh, which was amazing. And what we found with our online shopping was people who were waiting to go to the markets in person. There's a, there's a big one in Maryland that happens the last weekend in April every year. It's called Fort Frederick Market Fair. It's outside of Hagerstown. And it's giant. It's giant. There's over probably 200, 250 vendors. People come from all over the East Coast. And it's one-stop shop for these things that are very specialized that you probably won't be able to find. You not, you're definitely not going to be able to find in the store. And people come and they set up their tents and you wear your 18th century garb and you walk around all weekend and people camp. And um, it's it's an amazing event. But COVID happened and we got the notice that that event where that's like probably a quarter of my yearly income had been the year before was just canceled. Like, oh no, what are we going to do? And everyone scrambled and I had all this inventory that was ready to go. So I set up an online sale and so did a few of my friends and we were all cross promoting and I ended up selling almost everything in that weekend. And I was so concerned that people would be, I don't know, so worried about, well, when am I going to use this next that nobody was going to buy anything. And for about a month and a half, that was the case. Nobody bought anything and it was very scary. And then I think people started to craft with the hope that they would be able to do things. And then these online events started happening where we could get, you know, you could put on your outfit. You just weren't going to go anywhere outside your house, Mm -hmm. but you could be on Zoom with someone else in a costume and let's have a tea party or one of the things that started happening, there's this silhouette artist in England and he started hosting silhouette parties and you could come in and he would cut your silhouette from Zoom and then mail it to you. And so 
it was that's amazing and those are I mean I'm I want to host one because that seems like it would be amazing um but that kind of thing started happening and we started as much as we lost our in-person connections we started making friends from around the world and finding new new people new customers new eyes for our videos new um a new audience that was now global and that was kind of amazing and I actually grew through COVID business-wise where I was not expecting to at all yeah it was really exciting well there's something you know when when you're talking about it there's something about almost forcing you to get out of your comfort zone and get even more creative Mm -hmm. you know and and I feel like with entrepreneurship, right, it is a, it takes some courage and it takes some creativity, right? What, what is your business? What is your brand? What is your niche? What, you know, all of that. And it it sounds like you actually used the restrictions of the pandemic to get more creative, look at, I mean, just this, and I know that that it wasn't your idea, the silhouette party, but it's like, oh my gosh, just thinking about like, you know, I I just keep thinking about paint me like one of your French ladies, Jack, you know, and Titanic, right? And it's like, hey, it's that for 2020 and 2021, right? It's, this is how you do it. You get on Zoom and somebody draws you or in this case, draws your silhouette and, and having, having those and looking at, yeah, what is the, you know, what is the essence of what I'm doing here? What, you know, what's the important part about this, you know, and, and even with what you're talking about, like, yeah, people can't go to in-person events, but there's something that really speaks to them about, about being able to get dressed up and, and do these events anyway. And, and that's nourishing and and fulfilling. So I think that it's so cool what you found to, you know, that it's really about getting back to what the essence of it is. It really is. Yeah. And what we found is more friends, which is just who thought they would be making new friends when you can't leave your house. And that was, I mean, you know me, I'm all about, let's all be friends. And so that was really a thing for me. Well, you know, and that's the, the other thing that I really hear in what you just shared, Jess, is that, you know, this was successful partly because you have created such a robust community around you. You know, what you were talking about of, you know, we all talk to each other. And so we've got our finger on the pulse of what everybody else is doing and promoting each other's, you know, uh, uh, things and events and everything like that. You know, you have, I, I think that's when, when we go out on our own, quote unquote, right. And form our own business or whatever that can just from how we say it be incredibly lonely. And what you've done is that, yeah, you own and operate Penny River and like you are, you know, you are Penny River. It's just you. (laughs) Um, And you have this incredible support system of people in the industry that you aren't actually alone and you can lean on and you're all, you know, the rising tide is carrying all ships in this case. Exactly. Exactly. We, um, we call it there's one of my friend business owner friends calls it um 
we all have the same kind of canoe. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we, we would text each other, how's your canoe today? And she'd be like, oh, we capsized. <laughs> we're getting back to it, but you know, we're paddling in circles today. So oh, we, were all, we were all in our own canoes, but like on the same little, yeah, with, with relative experience, we understood each other and we're able to yeah. just check in with each other. And it's, it's wonderful to, I was talking with someone today about the, and I don't know if it's a generational thing or what, but through COVID, especially, it has highlighted how many people are willing to build a community to support each other and to say the rising tide versus the it's just me mentality. And I feel like, I don't know if it's an older generational thing versus a younger generational thing, but people that I have interacted with that are around our age, that are business owners, want to hand, want to hold out a hand to you and say, how can I help you? Mm-hmm. What can I do for you? How can we make this work for us? Rather than go away, I'm going to do it myself. And yeah. that is something that has been incredibly like surprising and refreshing and heartwarming to see is these people with these businesses that I admire and I'm so like mind blown of the things that they're coming up with and that they're doing are messaging me, little old me to say, Hey, you want to be a part of this? And I'm like, yeah, what can I do for you? You know? And to, to to hold my hand up to someone else and say, Hey, I'm doing this. Do you want to collaborate? Or so-and-so is putting together a workshop. Do you want to be a presenter? Or I'm writing a book. Do you want to co-author a chapter with me? Which is something that I just did today. So, you know, these kinds of things that are wonderful. And, oh yeah, we all like, I'm sending pattern instructions to one business owner and someone sending me their thing to to test, to like cut it out and make it out and make sure that makes sense. And we all just, Mm -hmm. we do this for each other. And it's not something that when I started, I had ever anticipated having people that would support me like that and that I would be able to help in that same way. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I want to highlight how you put this because you, you very specifically said people who are willing to build community. Mm-hmm. It is not people that can build community or people that want to build community. It is a willingness to do this. And and just like you said, reach out and say, how can I support you? Or reach out and say, hey, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Can you help me? <laughs> you know, because I think that it goes both ways. But, but even, even getting out of your own way to, to do that and to say, look, like I am not above help. I am not above support. I am not above meeting new people and putting myself out there likely repeatedly to oh, yeah. build this network. Because, you know, I just, I keep hearing in, in your speaking, but you know, in, in clients that I've worked with too, community support is so crucial to like advancing anywhere, but, but ultimately really in this, in, if you're going to go out on your own, create a small business, create yourself as an entrepreneur, you cannot do it solely by yourself. Mm -hmm. You absolutely need those people to give you a leg up or make that connection or, you know, test out your pattern, whatever it is. Trees are stronger in a forest. There you go. There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, you said that you, you had, you know, actually a really great year for your business. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, now that things are opening up and that you will be able to 
I mean, we hope go to events and, and things like that. What are you taking with you that will change in your business because of COVID? I am allowed to say no to things. Shut up. You are? No, right? You're allowed to say no too. I give you permission. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you. That was another thing that my friends and I would do. We would like, we'd text each other with a problem and then we'd be like, I give you permission to, to deny this. I give you permission to let this one go. You, you have my permission to just pass. Like, you don't have to do this. And that has, I mean, some people, you, you feel like when you first start anything new, you feel like you have to say yes to everything. And then you find yourself burnt out. You find yourself stretched too thin. You find yourself exhausted and uninspired, um, unable to do the things for yourself that you know you need to do, for your family that you know you need to do. And you get taken advantage of because you feel like you have to agree or you're going to lose a connection or you're going to get a bad name for yourself or you're going to upset someone important in quotation marks, you know, that's going to have a huge impact on your career and they're going to ruin you. And no, no, guard yourself, guard yourself. If you don't feel like doing it, if you cannot feasibly make it work, if it's going to be a huge stressor on you or your family or your obligations or the work you have on your table right this minute, you can say respectfully, no, I don't have time for that right now. Thank you, but I'm going to have to pass. I'm not comfortable taking on that situation right now, but please get back with me in about six months. I'd love to talk with you about that later. This nice. is what I am now. And this is, this is a posture <laughs> that I feel like I have earned and I'd love to share with you all. You are allowed to say no. Mm. And that's something with, with now that things are opening up again. And yes, I'm vaccinated. Yes. I feel safe myself being around small groups of people. I'm personally not ready to do a full day event where I'm in a tent, in the heat, in my little tiny booth with a mask on. Who knows who's coming in? Who knows who's masked? Who knows who's vaccinated? Who knows who's going to cough on my merchandise? I'm not ready for that yet. Yep. I'm very, very happy to do small group teaching or like the event that you were going to come to with me that was only going to be about 30 people, I could probably handle that. But yep. a weekend long event with multiple people that's expecting hundreds of visitors, I can't, I'm saying no for right now. Maybe next year, check with me later, but not right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> and it's really comforting to be like, no. <laughs> I don't, Beautiful. No. <laughs> yeah. No, it, that is such... I, I love that you have found that for yourself that you can say no. And, you know, even I feel like that is so hard when you are a small business owner, you're working for yourself, you exactly. don't have vacation time or, you know, you're, you are paid based on what you make and what you sell in this case. And being able to get to the point where you can say no because your well-being, your peace of mind is more important than the money that you bring in. Or even, you know, in this case, going, all right, so my bottom line still needs to be made and my health isn't worth, you know, my health, my sanity, my peace of mind is not worth going to this event right now. Mm -hmm. How can I use that creative container, right? Uh, or the restriction to, all right, so I still need to make that, that money or meet that bottom line. And, and you get to have had this experience of, yeah, I can do it some other way. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's other options. There's other, there's other avenues. And yeah, the biggest trap for new entrepreneurs that I myself fell into was being taken advantage of just because I thought I had to say yes to every opportunity. And there are people out there who will jump on that like they're some sort of ultimate predator or something and they will squeeze every drop that they can get out of you and then try not to pay you Mm. or turn around and give you a bad review even though you bent over backwards and like didn't go to your daughter's kindergarten graduation because you were making this stupid thing for them that they sent back twice and they're still going to give you a bad review like you don't have to do that yeah. You don't have to do that. I didn't miss Rivers Kindergarten graduation. Putting it up. <laughs> I do really want that. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. Well, it's such, it's such great advice just for, for new entrepreneurs, you know, and, and people that are, have been doing this for a while or, or feel really, uh, you know, attached to having to say yes over and over. You can say no, just gives you permission. And so do I. <laughs> Just anything else to add um, for, you know, maybe people that are looking to start a business or, you know, feel like, gosh, I made it through COVID with my small business intact by the skin of my teeth. For real. For <laughs> hanging on by my fingernails. Yeah. Going to make it happen. Um, what's the other thing? I wanted to talk about, like, you don't have to do everything yourself. Mm-hmm. And with COVID, everyone being so isolated, it did feel like if you were going to get anything done, you had to do every single facet of it by your onesie. And no, I mean, no, hire somebody. If it's something you're not particularly good at and don't feel like you're going to get good at in the next 10 minutes or hour or week or whatever, find someone who you can support. And this is another facet of building a community is I suck at computer graphics, at computer period. My skill set is very firmly in the 18th century. Ask me to sew whatever you want. I'll cut you a pattern, but like, don't ask me to make a logo. Like I can't do it. I just can't do it. So to find a community of people who are in the same boat as you that understand what you're trying to do, that have their own business. If you can support another independent business by sending them your business, amazing. You can cross promote. They can say, Oh, I made that logo for so-and-so and Oh, Hey, I can do something for you. I'll send you money, you know, money. Don't, don't try to get people to do things for free, but you know, um, yeah. know what, know what your, your friend's strengths are. And honestly, this brings me back to your wedding because mm-hmm. you have this wonderful community of creative theatrical people around you. And within the, not production, but production that was your wedding, you were able to piece it out in a way that everyone felt like they were contributing and giving you a gift and using their strengths to show you how much they loved you. And you had a beautiful day and it was created by your friends. And like that, that is what your business should end up being is something that's beautiful, that's inspired by you, but you don't have to do every single part of it. You'll go crazy if you're trying to do your own taxes and you know, edit your own YouTube videos and keep up with your website and create new products and make your inventory and pack and ship your orders and write a book. Like you're not going to be able to do it all. Yeah, You're not. Hire people. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, it just goes right back to the, the idea of support and really being willing to build that community because even what you're saying now, it's like, 
the community doesn't also have to be all the the same people as you or in the same industry, you know, you having that, the, the friend or the, the person in your life that is great at marketing or great at graphic design or, you know, a lawyer. (laughs) Yeah. Or is a coffee roaster or, you know, like what it is, right. You can, you can bounce that back and forth. And I, I, I do think that's, it is so important. And thanks for bringing up the wedding because that is, you know, we started doing that. You know, I got married almost five years ago now, which is, I know. yeah. I have um, a child so that I know, I know exactly when your anniversary is because my kids are <laughs> the same age as that. I know. Um, but, you know, having everybody come together and contribute and, and really allow it to be their forte, right? You're not actually asking anybody to do anything that, that's, you know, that they hate. Their skill set or they were uncomfortable yes. with or anything exactly. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Well, Jess, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for chatting with me and imparting all of your, thank you, imparting all of your wisdom on, you know, what you've discovered during COVID and, and really just as being a, a small business owner and an entrepreneur with Penny River, it has just been absolutely lovely to chat with you. And I, I just I love you so much. Thank you. Love you too, friend. This is lovely. Thank you for inviting me. I had a great time. Absolutely. I'd love to hear what you've learned about yourself through the COVID pandemic. You can get in touch through email at ravenbcoaching at gmail.com. I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook at Raven Bonnewell Coaching and on Instagram at ravenbcoaching. R-A-V-E-N-B-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. If you've enjoyed this episode, do us a favor and give it a five-star rating to help us reach more listeners. The After Party is a celebration of lessons learned. It's hosted by leadership coach Raven Bonnewell and produced by Accomplishment Media.